Nicely done, Beef. When football fans everywhere cheer for their team, they're cheering for you too, because your savory snacks fuel the gridiron battle. With your tasty sliders, hearty chilies, and drool-worthy steaks, every option is an MVP. Most valuable protein. So gather around the TV and get cooking at beefitswhatsfordinner.com. Funded by Beef Farmers and Ranchers. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee here in the Farm Bureau studios in downtown Starkville. The sun did come up this morning. It's a beautiful day outside, not a cloud in the sky. And we're going to talk about the dogs on the road yesterday at Arkansas. Arkansas winning 31-28. Charlie, when we started the postgame show last night, um, I got a text from our good friend Greg Reeves. And uh, we uh, kind of went into detail. I was a little bit upset last night. As soon as the game's over with, I was pretty emotional. But after getting a night's sleep, I, I've kind of not zen. I've just kind of and not caring at all. It's not a situation where I don't care about what happened. But I don't feel near as bad right now as I did yesterday afternoon about well last night about seven o'clock. Well, maybe it's all the cold medicine I'm working with. It's got a little depressing effect on my mood here this morning, Bart. <laughs> um, playing hurt again this week, albeit for uh, a little bit different reasons. Um, let's go ahead, if we can, and just kind of tackle the the big thing to me. All right. What is the debate we always have after games like yesterday? You have the one group that goes to Twitter and says, you know what, we can't complain about officiating because we missed three field goals. That's on us. We beat ourselves. You have another group that says, we'd have won if it had been better officiated. And to some degree, all that is true. But here's my here's the thing. I just want to get this out of the way if we can, Bart. I want to – I just – I have to tackle Clear this. your heart. Clear your heart. Testify this morning. I don't know how long I'll be able to talk, so I want to get out what I have to say. All right. And it is this. The penalty – or the negative consequence for missing a field goal is you don't get the three points, and the other team, depending on where you're kicking from, gets good field position. That's the risk-reward from kicking a field goal. There is nothing in the rule book that says that if you miss a field goal, you now forfeit your right to have the rest of the game officiated cleanly. All right, all those things happen. In basketball, you miss shots. You commit charges. You turn it over. But when you're in position at the end of the game to win, you expect the official to call what's there. Now, I am a little bit different in some than some people, perhaps, in terms of where I rank my disagreement with the officials. The one that most people have focused on is the holding, the defensive holding call on fourth and one. Right. I thought it was a bad call. I thought it was an official anticipating a call rather than seeing it. But I also see that if I'm wearing whatever Arkansas's color is, whatever version of red that is. Want to be maroon? Then I'm probably saying, oh, it's a clear hold. All right, that's one of those that it's in a 50, live 50. action, you know, the guy sold it. It's a flop. All right, just like in basketball, we see guys flop on charges. He LeBron flopped. James. Yeah, oh boy, I could go for a while there. All right, but so I'm not – I think it's a bad call. I'm upset about it. But what gets me in that same drive, Tyrus Wheat was being so clearly held – and it wasn't that he was being held in the interior of the line where things got – he was in the open getting held, impeded to the quarterback. And then on the touchdown play, the left guard and the left tackle got a half-account jump in terms of blocking the defensive lineman. We hadn't moved when we were hit. It's not like a receiver out on the edge that flinches. 
These were the two guys who made the determinative blocks on that touchdown. And instead of having the ball at the four, if you back Arkansas up to the nine. Different game. It's a significantly different game. And, you know, I don't know if we're going to get a letter from the league or what's going to happen. But the truth of it is we could wallpaper the Coliseum with all the letters we've gotten over the years, and none of them in the end will make one bit of difference. But here's, if I may, Bart. (laughs) I'm just letting you finish before I get going. Go ahead. So I went this morning, no surprise to anyone listening, to pick up some cold meds, okay? And as I'm walking in the door, I see a sign that basically says, please be nice, we're short-staffed, we're doing the best we can. And I think, I wonder, like, if I go over to Birmingham and I look at the SEC officiating door, if there's a sign that says, please be nice, we're doing the best we can. But the problem is, unlike my local pharmacy, unlike my local fast food restaurant, they're not short-staffed. They have plenty of money. They have plenty of people who want to do the job. And they have people who have been doing the job for years. And the last thing that I just have to say, and maybe this is because I see the, the whole world in maroon-colored glasses, I'm ready to walk in here on a Sunday morning and say, Whew, well, we got helped out there. Tough for them. Hate to be those guys. But why does it, is it because I'm just blind, or does it never seem to go our way? You know, I, th- I thought in the first half yesterday, we were the beneficiary a couple times, maybe on the edge, when Williams was coming around. I thought Charles Cross may have, you know, hogtied him a little bit one time, and Will got loose. And I was like, you know, we, we caught a break there. But, you know, then you, f- you figure out the point of if you're going to call holding – and, hey, I think the league in general has made the thought – and college football in general has made the thought of we're just not going to call it unless it's egregious. Now, here's the thing with me with holding is if you're going to call it, you got to call it. Because if you're going to call it on us for being egregious, which we got called a couple times yesterday, then you got to call the egregious on the outside the entire game. And that's what you saw late in that game with Arkansas. I go back to what you said as well about the ball, and I was very upset about it yesterday when it happened because you could tell it was a flop on the holding on the pass interference or whatever you want to call it. Here's the thing, Charlie. It's not like that was second down and three or third down. That was a fourth down play. If that flag is not thrown, you win the ball game. The ball game is yours. It's over. It's over. Credit but, to Burke, experienced guy. Oh, yeah. Hey, he, he, he did that. He created that. He, he sold it. Give him credit. He sold the heck out of it. He sold the heck out of that punch, too, on the sidelines. Should he even been in the game or not? But I digress. But I get to the point of that's a 50-50 call at a home site that I'm not surprised you see the flag. This should have been thrown? Probably not. But are you surprised to see it? No. I go back to what you said. When you get inside the five-yard line, and we know Arkansas is going to run the ball. That it, it's one thing for it to be, you know, point two seconds early. I mean, that was a half count early. Those two guys moving, and it's not about creating the block. And yeah, they they were the guys that created the block for the touchdown. It's not just about that. It's about if you make that call, it pushes them back to the nine yard line with thirty seconds to go in the ball game. And then it's a completely different game. Are they in a running situation? What are they doing there? I mean, let me tell you this. I would rather have K.J. Jefferson throwing the ball than them lining up and running a, a trap play to Dominique Johnson. So 
that to me is 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 the big play. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't. And hey, I, look, I, here's the here's the other part of it: the people who say we lost that game because we made mistakes, yeah, they're right too. They are right. And here's the difference. Okay, I came in here after we played Memphis, and and you did too, and we said, okay, there are zero excuses for losing to Memphis. That Memphis game and this Arkansas game are apples and oranges because you're better than Memphis. You can look at the complete season and know you've got better athletes in Memphis. We are a lot better football team than Memphis. Arkansas is one of the teams in the SEC. They're very comparable in athletes. They've recruited okay, just on par with us over the last few years. And they're one of the six teams you can throw in a hat and could win any week. I throw Auburn in that, Kentucky in that, Tennessee in that, Ole Miss in that. I mean, we're just a group of – a blob of eight teams. I noticed who you didn't say. Who did I not say? You didn't say Florida. <laughs> give him another race. I mean, heck, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Just give him another race. I want to talk about that later on too. But the thing about Arkansas is is it's such a razor-thin margin. So, yeah, I mean, the the, the plays matter – the calls matter, but you just can't go like you did against Memphis and say, well, if you know, we played our way out of that. No, I mean, that was a game that was evenly played throughout. And so you just can't you can't blame us as much as you could against Memphis. That's gets well, that's well, what I'm you saying. You can in the special teams. Yeah. Right. I mean, ultimately, you go back and, you know, we missed the 23-yarder or whatever it was. All right, close shot. And and you're right. You said this last night. That's a tough angle. But if you're if you're set to kick it and it's a tough angle, then take the delay game back up five yards. You know, do something if if that's what you got to do to give yourself a better angle. Um, that's just that it was a mess. I mean, just to be candid about it. And, and our special teams there. have been a mess. I mean, they have. Yeah, been. they have been. And you just got to call it like it is. They have not been good. And you know, we've got some starters on special teams. And I don't know. You know, last year we were pretty good in special teams. You know, a few years ago we are going crazy because we thought our special teams were a wreck and everybody's going crazy. And then last year we, we get here and, man, we got great special teams, same guys, same coaches. I mean, so it's it's just one of those things of, you know. And isn't it, um, you know, I was looking at Twitter and message boards and you always end up with this fire so-and-so when the, when these things go wrong. Sometimes it's just on the athletes to perform. You know, sometimes as coaches, you do everything you can to put people in the right position. You coach it well, and they just don't execute. You know, that's you can take me out to the range and work on the seven iron all day, and I may hit it flush all day. You get me to that par three where I got to stick it, and I'm putting the water. You know, that's on me. It's not on the coaching. And isn't kicking something very similar? You mentioned golf. Kicking to me is something that's very similar to golf. Where where, you know, it's almost like an absolute. Okay, I know it's dependent upon a snap, the whole, you know, whatever. But it's all up to me. You know what I'm saying? But if I ever lose confidence, if I ever start pulling my head just a little bit, you know, if I miss that field goal to the right, then all of a sudden, like, okay, do I I don't want to overcompensate and pull it left, then I'll leave it right again. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's all in your mind. It gets so much in your mind. And so then, you know, you make the change late and bring Nolan McCourty. And we can debate that all day long. About. And I don't know why. I still don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. Why. I don't know why you do that. But I don't know that it was just a pure decision, right? I mean, you don't know whether you don't know what the conversations were that led to that. 
No. You know, whether somebody was hurt. But um, let me, now that I've, I've kind of got that out, let me, let me say one other thing. And I know we want to get into our numbers here in a minute and kind of talk through those. And I think our numbers are going to reflect just how close this game was. Somebody told me one time that in athletics that you can bring two different mindsets to it. The one side is a competitive side where it's all about winning, and I don't care what happens. I just want the win at the end of the day. My only goal is to beat you. And then there's some people who have this mindset in athletics that it's, it's kind of more of an artist view, right? that they enjoy the process, they en- enjoy the game. You know what I think back to we, in our baseball interviews? Remember we talked to Ken Knudsen, who was the head coach at Washington when they came here and played in the regional with Chris McGruder, and we had the Brooks Bryan, you know, right. grabbing the home run and yep. all that. I I remember, you know, it was kind of surprising because he was talking about, you know, that was such a memorable experience. It was a great experience. Yeah, we lost, but if you win, you know, it's still the same guys. It's the same experience. It's the same everything. That's kind of an artist's point of view, right? He was able to enjoy what was pretty, you know, that was a good baseball. There are things to look at. If you take the artist's point of view to that game yesterday, Will Rogers in the second half was elite. Our offense looked good in the second half. We answered. We ran the 22nd thing. There are so many things that you can go back if you were detached and say, boy, that was exciting at the end. And both quarterbacks, both teams made some big-time plays. We just didn't make it at the end. That's um, that's a good point because I, I follow some national writers, not a lot because a lot of them have agendas. And a lot of the national writers that I follow yesterday were talking about watching that game at the end and talking about how enjoyable that game actually was. And I think if you take a step back from, you know, non-maroon colored glasses and say, hey, that was that was a pretty good football game. At the end of the day, that was a good football game. That was an enjoyable – if I'm sitting on my couch in, you know, Spokane, Washington, I'm sitting there watching Mississippi State and Arkansas yesterday and saying, you know what, that was that was an exciting ball game. I, I actually enjoyed my last two or three hours of watching that game a lot better than I am watching my conference play later tonight. So, but it it hurts us because you know we're so invested in this process because we saw how close we were. We know at the end of the day, Charlie, we could probably be eight and one right now. That's the thing that that you know that, that really sticks in our crawl and is upsetting is because that was one of three games that you are going to look back at in a month and say, man, we had it. We had it right there. And, you know, people people torture themselves with that mindset all the time, but they very rarely will play it the other way. I mean, yeah, we were close to losing, you know, the first yeah. game of the year. Yeah, we could have, should have. Probably should have. Attacked, so should we be 8-1? You know, you never run it the other way. And the difference to me right now in football, if you think back in Mississippi State's history, the difference in our great years and our average years has been those years where the ball just went our way. Remember, in, you know, in 98 we go to the SEC championship game, but in 99 we come back, win 10 games. Everything, we had the Matt White to uh, Matthew Butler touchdown at Auburn, the big comeback there. We had the late field goal against Kentucky. You could go through that whole season. We had the win over LSU with Rod Gibson. All these things went our way, and nobody comes back and says, man, we won 10 games, but, boy, man, we could have easily been 6-5, and five, and we could have been. I don't want to play A&M over. No, I don't either. And I look back, and I think looking at your vantage point, the artistic point of view, and, uh, by the way, they opened up – Warstick yesterday 
over in Dallas. Those, cool? of, those artistic bats. Golly, I hate we missed that. But you look back at the first game of the year, and you think back to Louisiana Tech, and even you think back to the NC State game about how far this team has come. And looking at the offense that you saw against Louisiana Tech the first three quarters and looking at what you saw yesterday. Now, here's the thing about the first quarter yesterday. We were not very good. I think a lot of that had to do with Arkansas. We just kind of had to figure out where the zones were going to be. And we talked about this on the postgame show last night. I thought yesterday you start talking about chess matches within the game of football is we came out, tried to throw it early, didn't have many passing lanes to throw it to, realized quickly we had to run the ball to get the linebackers to come up. And Woody Marks, Dylan Johnson, those guys run hard, man. I want guys like Woody Marks and Dylan Johnson on my team. All day long. Not just athletes, but guys who have a strong mental makeup. Uh, Let me tell you, I am not afraid to stick it up in there. I'm not sure how those guys, if they can walk this morning, they're better men than me. I want those guys on my team. So what happens there? You're getting four yards of carry, and then all of a sudden bumper pools and those linebackers have to walk up. And then it becomes you have some seams behind them to throw it to. You know, early in the game, we were not very good in that area between 10 and 20 yards down the field between the numbers. That's Will's highest graded area. But you look yesterday, we missed some balls in that area early in the game because you didn't have any lanes to throw it to. So that was really one of the lowest graded areas yesterday just because it plays in Arkansas's favor with that cloud defense. That's who they are. They're the three-down linemen and sit back with eight. That is who they are. I mean, this like Syracuse in the old days of Jim Beheim. I mean, that matchup zone, I mean, you know that you're playing into their – I think Arkansas's defense is – if there is a kryptonite to this offense, that's what they play. That is their strength against our strength. And I, I think that is the toughest – defense for us to play against but we figured it out well that's what's to me to me that's what's great last year you sat over here at davis wade and you get beat 21 to 14 you throw two picks kj costello can't find anybody open because it looks like 12 defenders out there and you got five guys running through 12 but we didn't adjust last year yesterday you adjusted so that's i think that's a great point and i want to go back to one of our baseball comments that we make sometimes is that Bad teams adjust game to game as hitters. Good teams uh, can adjust at bat to at bat, but great teams adjust within the at bat. I I thought what we saw last year is a team that could not make an adjustment within the game. When we started this year, we were kind of we couldn't even make an adjustment within the quarter of the half. I think we are getting closer now to making adjustments drive to drive. I don't think we've reached the point that we're necessarily making adjustments in the drive, at least early. But I thought what you saw as that game progressed, we started figuring things out faster than we did a year ago. And so somebody is to say, what do you see positive? I see an offense that is infinitely better than we were this time a year ago. Let me tell you something else I think is positive too, Charlie, is I think Arkansas used the week off in their last game. They had Not only did they have a week off last week, they had a non-conference game against an FCS opponent the week before going into the off week when they played Pine Bluff. You know you're going to win that game. You're playing in Little Rock. And so what it does is, is it gives you a chance to try to tinker with some things a little bit. So I'm going to tinker in the Pine Bluff game, and it's going to give me two weeks to kind of hone in and see if any changes happen. Dominique Johnson had run the ball. The most times he'd run the ball all season long was six. 
They started him at tailback yesterday. You heard, you know, Sam Pittman say in the pregame yesterday, we're going with a big boy at tailback today. He ran six times against Pine Bluff. He had four of those six went over 10 yards. He played himself into the starting role because of his downhill running manner. And then all of a sudden yesterday he runs it 17 times, four of which went over 10 yards. He had 107 yards rushing. Arkansas changed from the last time they had played. It gave him a week to work on things. We saw more of a downhill rushing attack yesterday from Arkansas than we had traditionally seen because their downhill running had come from their quarterback, K.J. Jefferson. And now you got two guys that can really run it downhill with Dominique Johnson and then K.J. Jefferson, a quarterback. And so not only are they running the ball, and it's not just you know sweeps and screens and, man, hey, let me tell you, they opened the playbook yesterday. But I look back, and so many people talk about their, our defense and about, yeah, man, we gave up some easy plays late. Our defense was on the field some yesterday. Yeah, we had the time of possession. But it's, it's one thing to be on defense for 70 plays a game. It's another thing for those guys to be running at me 55 of those 70 times. When Crumity played over 60 snaps. That's what I want to go back to. Man, we had some guys on the defensive line yesterday that played a lot of plays. They took on tackles. They took on runs. Jaden Crumity, man, those are guys, yeah, we gave up some yards late. But, man, they made plays. You know who else makes plays? Strange Brew Coffee House. They were my go-to this morning, Charlie. They made a big play, and you'll notice I've got my Strange Brew mug this morning. You do, and it's maroon. Got the maroon logo on it. Goes well with uh, soothing lozenges. But I had the uh, blueberry cobbler again this morning. I almost went with the albino squirrel. You know, that's kind of their go-to. People talk about that all the time. I have yet to try it. but I, because it's like? White chocolate and hazelnut or something? I think so. It's white chocolate and hazelnut. The people that drink it swear by it. It's like I swear by this blueberry cobbler coffee. You know, it's not. I'm not eating blueberry cobbler. We go back to that point again. I'm drinking blueberry cobbler flavored coffee. It is outstanding. And we are in the Farm Bureau studios right here in downtown. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Check them out at favorites.com. They have agents in every county in the state of Mississippi. And so it's all about service with your insurance. And Farm Bureau, go with the home team, right, as we said, right here downtown in the Farm Bureau studios. Hey, going back to Strange Brew, of course, three locations, two here in Starkville, one on University Drive. That's where I went this morning. They all yelled out Bart when I walked in the door. And then, uh, Charlie, you've got that uh, Highway 12 location, the original location. Used to be Woody's a long time ago. Used to be Maroon's. Man, I gave about 15 pounds away to that place as a sophomore. Man, you go in there about – Midnight, get some chicken strips, tater, tater logs, logs back in yep. the day. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, they have the location of Tupelo as well, Brupolo. And so, Strange Brew and uh, Farm Bureau, two of our go-to guys. All right, Charlie, let's get into these numbers that we talked about on Friday. And if we're going to go sponsor-wise, let's sound like a NASCAR right now. Let's let's go Tracks Plus. We were going <laughs> to get the accent while you do it. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'll tell you what. We had our Tracks Plus on Friday. Tracks Plus deep dig on Friday. We went over some numbers, and Charlie, let's see if some of these numbers hit. I had my first number was 50, and I said with Arkansas leading the league in third down defense, only 28% of the time they are giving up first downs on third down defense. So I said it was imperative that we be in third down and short because that's where we were against Kentucky. So I wanted 50% of the time of our third down opportunities, 50% to be third down and four or less. We had 12 third downs yesterday, and five of those 12 
we were under four yards. So we just needed one more to get that. Now, one of those, we went three of five on third and one to four because that's where we want to be. We didn't get a couple of those. One of those, we went for it on fourth down and ended up getting the first down. Five to eight, we were one for five. Nine plus yesterday, third and nine plus, we were two for two yesterday, which is kind of an anomaly for us because we traditionally need to be in third down and short. We got in third down and short. We got close to that number of third down and less than four. My second number was four yards per carry for Arkansas on first down. Oof. Yeah. So Arkansas threw it 10 times on first down. They ran it 20 times. They have been a 65% team rushing on first down this year. They were right at it yesterday. That's who they are. And yesterday, though, 20 carries on first down, an average of 7.3 yards. Now, they had some outliers in there. They had four runs over 15 yards on first down. So that drives that number up. But they had some sixes and eights. And so they were really never behind the chains at all. Neither team was really behind the chains much at all yesterday. We were Except by penalty. Right. Yeah, a couple holds in there, which Arkansas never got called for one. My third number, and it turned out to be a big one, was turnovers. And I said we needed zero turnovers, and, of course, that's asking a lot. But Arkansas is a team that does not force many turnovers. They had only – Force one fumble this year and seven interceptions. We threw the one pick yesterday. And I said it was big because Arkansas doesn't turn it over. Well, they didn't turn it over yesterday. And we start talking about field goals, taking points off the board. I thought that turnover early was really big, too, because it probably took points off the board because we were driving in. Now, I also thought us throwing it that, that pick right there where it seemed like Arkansas had so many guys was one of the things that led to us starting to run the ball more. I think we kind of figured out on that pick that Arkansas with their linebackers were just sitting back. And that's what they got that pick with the linebacker. So then we started running and pulling those guys up. I thought that was a big factor in us going to the run game. So those were my three numbers. 50% of our third downs, we needed less than four yards to go. We hit five out of the 12, so we were close there. We needed to hold Arkansas to four yards of carry on first down. We didn't do that. And we needed zero turnovers. We had just one, but that was a big one. All right, so it's one of the things that jumps out at me is a lot of those were close, right? Yeah, and razor thin, man. And that's what we saw in a ball game. It came down to one play. So look at my numbers, same thing. I said that we had to hold Arkansas to 200 rushing yards to win this game. Yesterday, if you factor out the sacks, Arkansas goes for 216. Count them, they go for 202. So they went just over where I said that we needed to be, and they went just over some points. Same thing. My other number was eight, and that was what I said we had to hold them to in yards per pass attempt, 8.3. So, again, a near miss, a near miss on the scoreboard. The other thing I said is we could only have two three and outs. We had to stay on the field. We got them in early, didn't we? We got our first two possessions (laughs) at three and outs. We didn't do it the rest of the way. So, I thought – our numbers were right there in terms of what we need. And as crazy as it sounds, you go back and you say, you take that 8.3 down to 8, you take the 214 or 216 down to 200, it's a different game. Well, four of those with that rush with two guys pulling out that had a half count early jump. And I mean, so, I mean, that would have pushed them back five more yards right there. So that, that was a, those are four yards right there that they shouldn't have got. But anyway, that was our numbers on our Tracks Plus Deep Dig on Friday. Tracks Plus, four locations. Man, they've got great equipment with Barco, with the Forestry World. 
Saney Equipment with excavators and dirt moving equipment, and just a great company, great customer service. And Charlie, I go back to the service situation. They're adding onto their service shop. They're adding so many service bays down in Hickory. That way, if if you have situations that occur out in the field, they can bring them back in and get them fixed for you. So go see Daniel Bounds in Columbus, Fred Fulton over in Columbus with the forestry equipment, Ken Crosby down in Hickory, Gresh Howell down in Summit, Mississippi, and Hoop Weems in Alexandria, Louisiana, and that is Trax Plus. All right, Charlie. So looking back at this one, and, and we've, We've talked about there are so many different players and so many different guys that, like a Jaden Crumity and like your running backs and Will Rogers. There are positives to be talked about after that game. And you, we, we mentioned our numbers, and we see just how tight that game was. And I, I made the statement last night, there are so many, guys, so many teams in this league that if you throw us in a hat, that if you played five games between the teams, somebody's going to win three. I, I think we're – we're getting better. That's what's so frustrating is you lose that game yesterday, and I'm not trying to talk like an apologist here. I'm not at all. But if you can't see, we're not getting better. We're, we're a better football team right now. We are a lot better football team than we were a month ago. I wish we played LSU right now. I wish we played Memphis right now because we're a lot better football team than we were a month ago. Well, look at us on offense yesterday. We go punt, punt, interception. Every possession the rest of the way, we either score a touchdown or miss a field goal. We weren't kicking it away. We weren't giving it over on downs. We figured it out starting in the second quarter of that ball game yesterday. Now, let me give you the half-empty side. Arkansas only punted twice, and those were in the first half. You go back, of their ten drives, only two didn't end in a scoring opportunity. What were they on – Passing on third down. I haven't seen that stat. Passing on third. It seemed like when they had to have any kind of third down conversion, and I know at the end of the day they ended up, what, being six for 13 on on third downs, but it just seemed like in the back of my mind if they had to stay on the field yesterday, they stayed on the field. Oh, yeah. Nine of nine. Were they really? Yeah, they were nine of nine for 102 yards passing on third down. Wow. And you go back, part of those – you know, they have a third down completion that gets them into the fourth and one, you know, play at the end of the ball game. They had that five-yard completion. We made a nice yep. tackle right at the sticks to give us the fourth down play. But they they were very efficient on third down yesterday. Well, hey, <laughs> I hate to say it like this, but I, I feel a lot better today than in the guys who are probably doing the same show down in Gainesville. Did you watch that game last night? Hey, credit oh, Shane Beamer. Let me tell you this, and I know a lot of people want to throw shade at Dan. I'm not throwing shade at Dan. Just because you tear one person down doesn't mean you have to, you know, that tears everybody down. I want to give a positive to Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer is a confident guy, but he's not an obnoxious jerk. Shane Beamer's a good dude. I like Shane. Emily is from Starkville. I've known that family forever. And, you know, his, his wife, great family. Like his dad a lot. His dad was a great coach at Virginia Tech. They did a great job last night of kind of coming out, went with their third-string quarterback. Florida's in disarray. I mean, Oh, they had the flu. Hadn't you heard? 20, Dan, 30 guys with the flu is what they were saying? So here's, here's the thing I want to say to that is because just because Dan Mullen says it doesn't mean it's true. Because if you say it's 20 to 30 guys, oh, we had 20 to 30 guys who were out with the flu. 
Well, no, 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 Dan, no, Dan. It's not like you've got a thousand kids out there. Tell me how many. I want to know the. Was it twenty three? It's kind of a big range. Was isn't it twenty seven? Was it twenty? So that tells me the ambiguity of that answer. That I'm just saying that at the podium, and you guys can just just because I'm going to tell you what it is to drink, I'm telling you what it is. But no, that's not how it works, Dan. Tell me the real answer, Dan, because that's the thing about. I'm not getting into Dan Mullen. I'm not getting into John Hevesy. I'm not uh, that whole situation down there, and it's not about jaded love here. I mean, I'm not. Hey, I thought that was a good hire for Florida. That's fine. It goes back to, and I'm going to church later this morning at the Methodist Church. It's kind of like the Methodist preacher. Sometimes a preacher needs a new congregation. Sometimes a congregation needs a new preacher. Every eight years, man, time to rotate. And and so I, I was completely fine. Hey, thank you for your service. Appreciate you. But that don't mean I got to like you because I've seen you. I know you. And so to see what you're going right going through right now, let me tell you something. That didn't bother me at all last night when I had my head hit the pillow. Yeah, it's uh, was that was that mean? I'm sorry to be ugly this morning. I was positive. I'm positive. I'm drinking my coffee this morning. I was trying to be glass half full. No, it's interesting. I don't relish in Florida losing. I just I'm indifferent to it. I'm not bitter. I don't. Um, and part of that is because I don't. I guess build up in my mind what some coaches are based on perception. I think one of the things I've seen is that our perception of people from a distance and what you think about them is sometimes very wrong. You know, um, yeah. you know, he's, yeah. you know, whatever. He's gone. That's his deal. Yeah, he's gone. But, but just the way, same way I'll talk about Vanderbilt having problems. Florida's got issues. They'll give him another raise. Well, no, I'll tell you what. Down there, they, um, they talk about this Gator standard or whatever it's called. They're a long ways from whatever that standard is. And the problem is they've got a serious talent issue right now. You know, the best players they've had on that team, he inherited. And so you wonder where those next guys are coming from. So little, they've got a mess. A little bit different when the offensive line coach has to go into a house and recruit. Anyway, I, that's my last statement. I'm okay. sorry. I apologize. Well, okay. So let's get back to us a minute. Um. We've got a big game next weekend because at the end of the day, we can sit around and say we ought to be 8-1 and one or what have you. I think this is better than a six-win football team. You know, you've got that one more out there. I shouldn't be counting it, but we're going to get that sixth win. This is a team that deserves to win seven or eight. And I don't think there's a game left that we can't win. So, no, no there's not a game left. Well, well, Tennessee there's State. two that we can lose. Yeah, we, we we lose that when we're talking about we're we're having the same same vibe as they're having in Gainesville right now. Yeah, yeah, there's no question about that. And so, what do you see if you look at it um, next week? Auburn's a team that went on the road, didn't play well, got beat twenty to three by Texas A and M. You get to play them at eleven o'clock. Feel good, played them in the morning, and then I just I man, I know college game day is coming. And I think Ole Miss is so good on offense at times, but their defense isn't particularly good, you know. And I go back; that's a winnable football game. It is. Hey, were you surprised a little bit by the uh, Ole Miss Twitter account yesterday? Did you see where they came out and apologized for that? Yeah, I think Lane Kiffin even called it classless. <laughs> let me tell you, so that. I'll just let that sit there. Well, I mean, I think Keith came out and said later on that hey, that's not who we are, but I kind of you know. I don't know, Keith. Um, I'm going to that. I think we've gotten to the world, and I think Arkansas kind of 
maybe started a lot of this junk with their media relations guys, and everybody wants the funny tweet that everybody goes, ooh, ah, stop. I, I'm, I'm sick, and ti- sick and tired of seeing guys who are the cute little, you know, guys that could have never done what these guys, who could never have thought about doing what Jaden Crumity did yesterday, who are sitting there poking fun at other fan bases via Twitter account. Yeah, I'm sick old. and tired of that. You know, it's it's just it's 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 brutal. It's at, and I hope we don't do that. I hope we don't do that. You know, I'm one of the few people, by the way, even going back historically. You know, I was not. Um, I didn't like it when we put on the video board the from Dixon with love and all that stuff. I just I just want to win the game and go home. I, I'm not a big uh, spike the football from a media standpoint. That's one thing if it's your rival. I think it's one thing if you're having a little fun with your rival. But it's another thing to go over the top about every single game you play. But I thought yesterday what they did, and let me tell you something, I'm not a Hugh Freeze fan at all, at all. Um, and I know there's a lot of them out there. But I thought what they did yesterday, because it was some some you know, smart aleck kid, because they had him queued up, they sat around the office and throwing them around and say, hey, this is going to be funny. Watch this. Watch what I do here. Yeah, it's not, not very good. Well, and, and that's one of those things where if I were an athletic director, I would always be a little bit worried about who's in those positions because somebody can do something like that and me have no idea about it. And now i got to spend the next week answering questions about it. You know, I think kind of rule number one, it's kind of like, was it the Hippocratic Oath or whatever in medicine? Rule one, do no harm. You know, don't don't mess up my week by being silly. Um, friendly fire, man. Nothing beats friendly fire. It always happens. Hey, uh, before we get out of here, I'd like to remind you our good friends at Bank First. Bank First, growing bank. And once again, one of the fine sponsors of our Sunday coffee. They're over in Alabama. They're big in Mississippi. Of course, they were uh, formed here in Macon, Mississippi. They've kind of moved those offices to uh, Columbus now. But, man, they are all over the state of Mississippi. Bank First, commercial lending, mortgage lending, Mortgage refinance, anything you need, farm loans, whatever. I, they'll do it all. Bank first, great people, better way to bank. Moat Griffin, Marcus Mallory, all those guys, all those great guys over at Bank First. All right, hey, Charlie. Do you feel better? I, I feel a little bit better having taught this through, to be honest with you. Really? This was a therapy session this morning? Yeah. That's the way I feel, too. I, I will say this. Like, if I were going back historically and ranking my outrage at officials, that's not number one. It's not worse than Memphis. No, no. Because w- Memphis, there was a video review involved, and so it was more like an organizational incompetency. It was a procedural issue. You had a guy who was not comfortable enough in his own skin to say, hey, guys, I blew this dead. Yeah, there was an integrity issue. There yeah. was a review issue. Um, here, what you saw were just bad calls. You and I have both spent a lot of years doing women's basketball. If there's one thing we understand. Bad officiating. Hey, who was the official that almost tossed you from a game? Uh, I didn't want to talk about that. No, what I want to hear this. Was it Carla Fountain? Was that who it was? Yes, yes. And that was at Western Kentucky. And uh, I was I was a little over the top. I was younger. All right, so, no, come on. Well, I mean. Let's what peel it, back the curtain here. No, okay. So, what had happened was is I'm at, I'm at half court, or actually I'm about 15 feet on the, you know, our side of half court. 
and we're playing at Arkansas State in the WNIT. So my thoughts on that was, is, hey, listen, if I've got to travel, you know, four hours to Jonesboro, Arkansas for a 7 o'clock game and listen to this guy who's right over my shoulder scream and yell at me and say all kind of profanities in a women's basketball game, that I want to win, you know. No, 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 no. We were Western Kentucky. We were Western Kentucky. We were at the the Diddle Arena in that's where it was. It was at Western Kentucky and Bowling Green. And they had a fan that was over my shoulder, and he was screaming and yelling the whole game. And they threw a pass out on the wing, and she was throwing it from the wing back to the point and threw it over half court. And so she goes back, and we've got a player named Marnesha Richard hit a shot to beat Ole Miss one time. And Marnesha is going back there to kind of shield her away from being able to save it in. And this girl goes back into the backcourt and grabs the ball and throws it off Marnesha and they give the ball to Western Kentucky. And it's at the very end of the game. It's gotten very tight. They shot 51 free throws that night. We shot 17. It just tells you all you need to know. And so when the girl grabs and throws it off Marnesha, they give Western Kentucky the ball. Well, it should have been because they were backcourt. It was a backcourt. So the ball caroms up, and I stand up because the ball is coming at my head, okay? And I reach up and grab the ball. So I've got the ball in my hand, and Carla Fountain's calling the game, and she's asking for the ball back. And I was like, that's a backcourt. And she's like, give me the ball. I said, that's a backcourt violation. She said, you need to sit down. I was like, that, and I've got the ball still <laughs> in my hands. And I'm arguing with Carla Fountain as the radio guy, and all of this is going on over the air. And I said, that's a backcourt. She touched it first. That's a backcourt. And she tells me to sit down and how unprofessional that I am. So then, I mean, as they're taking the ball off, I actually turned – the knob off where you could, and I acted like I was broadcasting and talking about how unprofessional and terrible the officiating was in the game. And man, let me tell you something. She looked at me and said, if you say one more word, I'm throwing you out of here. To which I said, you ain't got the guts to do that. <laughs> but hey, Pat Adams did that a couple of years ago in a men's basketball game where he threw somebody out. Now, I would never do that again. I would never do that again. You're reformed. That was the younger. That was the younger Bart. Now, the, the, the reform happened is when I I'm going to slam a pin down at Montana one day because we were getting beat by Utah out in Montana, and the whole crowd was for Utah. And, man, I mean, the crowd was into it. They had 10,000, 12,000 people there. We're in Missoula, Montana, and I slam a pin down during a timeout, and it skipped off the table and went out on the floor, and then I had to ask her to pick up my pin and hand it back <laughs> to me. And I told her, ma'am, I'm, I'll shut up. I apologize. I apologize. You know, we had um, – it was a, when I was doing women's basketball, it wasn't D. Canner. I, I can't remember who it was, but they came over and basically told us to quit complaining about the officiating. And, in fact, we weren't even complaining. They had, they had butchered a call, and we were in a timeout, so we were talking to each other about what a bad call it was. And it was like, you say one more word on the air, nice. you guys right here, we're not on the air. And that's what's funny is it's amazing how a lot of times the guys that you, you don't like or, excuse me, the guys that the fans have an ire toward are sometimes the nicest guys, the guys that that help the officials. See, Mr. C did not like Pat Adams at all. I think the world of Pat, because he comes over and explains things to you. Okay, this is why this was called. I mean, he's really good at that. Doug Shiles is very widely respected by coaches, and he will come over and engage with you and talk with you and explain things to you. And I know this is going to, I mean, really surprise people, and I know we're going along right here. Teddy Valentine, man. Coaches, TV Teddy, huh? Coaches other than Bob Knight like Ted Valentine. And Ted Valentine 
is very well respected and people like Ted Valentine. I hate to say they don't like. What's that? Who's the guy that the kid that pitched at LSU? It's the, through Stan's oh, Carl Hess. Carl Hess, yeah, people didn't like him. Yeah, I don't like Carl Hess either. But that's why. Hey, how did we get into that? Oh, we talked about how I've reformed. Yeah. I've gotten better, man. I feel better about myself. The yeah. only time I ever got an official to react in a funny way was at a men's game. And you're sitting there right by the radio. And um, remember Bruce Benedict? Yes. So Bruce Benedict, a basketball official, had been a catcher for the Braves. And the Braves had a backup, you may remember, Biff Pokoroba. Remember Biff Pokoroba? <laughs> no, I don't. All right, so Pokoroba was effectively a bullpen catcher, right? And so Benedict, you know, just kicked a call, and it got real quiet. And I just kind of under, you know, not too loud, but just so he could hear me, he said, you were no Biff Pokoroba. You know, it's like 20 years after. <laughs> but, and he turned around, and he, and it, like, he had to regain himself. Well, I did the same thing with Paul Gillier one time. Paul Gillier was like a regional VP with Miller Lite beer. And I was. This was back before I started doing radio, and I knew Paul Gillier what he did. And I sat on the sat on the front row, and I yelled at him, "You're the reason I drink Bud Light." <laughs> and, and he turned around. And he was like, "Okay, that that's pretty good." <laughs> so, anyway, that's what you know. That's the one thing that basketball has over other sports is you do have some ability to let the official hear personally what you think. Yeah. Whereas you know, baseball, you got. At least from where we are, we can't basketball. We're close enough. That's right. That's right. Hey, we got basketball all week next week. Well, we got to broadcast what Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Friday Saturday, Saturday Sunday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, that's a long. Yeah, and then you've got the uh, the pregame show by yourself with Ole Miss. I get to go to the Bahamas. I'm going to Baja Mar with men's basketball. Do you know that, man? I hope I don't get the, the get down there and get caught down there. That'd be tough. Hey, quarantine in the Bahamas for a couple of weeks. <laughs> All right. Hey, and um, I want to don't want to say I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the uh, the therapy session this morning, and hope you guys did as well. Once again, thanks to our great sponsors, uh, Tracks Plus. Yeah, I had to think about it a minute. Tracks Plus with our deep dig on Friday. Of course, we're in the Farm Bureau studios. Our fine, great folks at Strange Brew for our Sunday coffee. Bank First and the Mississippi Beef Council. Beef, it's what's for dinner. And brought to you by the Mississippi Beef Farmers and their checkoff. Charlie, anything else? No, I guess we've got Auburn now. Yep. I'm Look, wish we'd have won. I'm not terribly disappointed. We can fix our problems. Yep. Hey, we'll see you on Wednesday for Out of Left Field. Auburn next week, Friday, deep dig on Friday, then back in here next Sunday. Hopefully we're a little bit better mood a week from today after we play Auburn. So 31-28, Arkansas over Mississippi State. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee.